0: Welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast.
1: I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. The U.S. Supreme Court has refused to clear the federal government to resume executions after a 16-year hiatus. The justices rejected a bid by the Trump administration to lift a trial judge's order that blocked the executions of four inmates. The judge ruling that the new execution procedures approved by Attorney General William Barr violate the Federal Death Penalty Act. Joining me is Jeffrey Fagan, a professor at Columbia Law School. This Supreme Court ruling seems to just delay the inevitable appeal to come. So can it be called a victory for those who are opposed to the death penalty?
2: Well, I think it's a victory in general for everybody, opposed or not opposed, because the court's basically saying that there are established judicial processes that they want the government to adhere to. And just simply because the government says, well, we've solved the execution protocol problem. We can proceed. That's not the case. There are procedures for review of that claim and so on. So I think that this is following the rule of law, and I think that's a victory for everybody.
1: The U.S. Solicitor General, Noel Francisco, told the Supreme Court that the inmates were suing over a, quote, purely procedural violation. Do you agree with that? Is this purely procedural?
2: Not at all. At least one of the inmates is suing over... um I'm not sure if it's in the main case, but it certainly is one of the five ex- scheduled executions. He's over over the validity of the death sentence itself that he's facing. There are questions in that particular case about whether prosecutors withheld full information, particularly about his involvement in the crime, the defendant's involvement in the crime itself. So there's a question there of whether or not the person is culpable at a level that's sufficient to justify execution. There's another case where they're alleging um, racial bias, uh, This is a Native American defendant. And there are other cases where somebody, um, one of the defendants is suffering from dementia. I don't think that we as a society want to be executing somebody who doesn't really understand why they're being executed, and that actually is bedrock law. One can't execute somebody under the Eighth Amendment if they don't have an understanding fully of why they're being executed. So there are, there are very complicated legal questions at play here that go, that certainly the, the one that stands out is the, the lethal injection protocol, but there are other issues that are not, certainly not um, technicalities, as Mr. Francisco would say.
1: So what is the issue over the lethal injection protocols?
2: There was an agreement about a protocol under a case called Roan that has been in effect for many years. And there was no really rush until very recently, uh, until, I guess, August or September, when Barr announced the pending executions to resolve that impasse. The protocol that the feds have approved is uh, they want to use a single single drug execution protocol. This would replace the three drug protocol. But the single drug execution protocol hasn't been fully reviewed by the feds in the federal courts. So that's issue number one. Issue number two The protocols go beyond just simply which drug is used, and they go to to the question of administration of how the drug is administered, will medical personnel be involved, what are the safeguards in case something goes wrong and there's some signs of severe pain and suffering on the part of the defendant. What happens if they can't um, locate a a vein or some way to administer the drug? So the protocol goes well beyond just simply the psychotropic or, or medical effects of the drug itself. Those things have not yet been worked out. The way that the Death Penalty Act works is that for a federal execution, the execution takes place in the state where the person committed the crime and where the court is located to sentence the person to death. In the Iowa case, that state does not have a death protocol, an execution protocol, so they default to Indiana, where the execution protocol is being contested. In another place, the execution protocol that's in place is a three-drug cocktail that they want to replace with this new procedure. So that has to be evaluated very carefully as well. In any execution, there's quite a danger of, of a botched execution where there's extraordinary pain and suffering. This has been shown to be about one out of every six or seven executions that have taken place since of executions in the 1970s. So, this is not a victory for those who seek to delay. This is a victory for established judicial process of review of statute, of federal statute, um, and to some degree of state statute.
0: The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state
1: This is just another case where the Trump administration is asking the Supreme Court to jump into the case before the circuit court has made a decision. So refusing to wait for the normal legal process to take effect. Have the justices reached a point where they don't believe that it's a real emergency anymore?
2: I think that varies by justice. I think some of the justices probably see that the administration is crying wolf over the need to rush to uh, finality. I, I... I suspect some of the justices would be perfectly comfortable with this and might even agree with the administration's position that this is nothing to get too worried about and could be resolved quickly. That seemed to be Alito's position when he said he thinks we can resolve this in 60 days. I don't think that's the case. I think the courts have their own processes, and this will take as much as six months, perhaps more. It's hard to read Justice Roberts, Chief Justice Roberts. He did not weigh in one way or the other. He just simply went along with the majority that agreed to delay the execution order. So it's hard to say whether or not they think that, once again, the administration is seeking an end run is the wrong term. (laughs) They just simply to speed up the process in order to achieve a particular policy goal. We could go down the justices one by one. The three who said they thought this would eventually wind up favoring the government, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, and Alito, They've evaluated the evidence without fully hearing the evidence, and I think that's something of a problem for a judicial process. Again, as I said, we don't know where Justice Roberts stands. Justice Thomas probably would, would be approving of the government's position. He's very pro-execution, and unless there's an intent to, to cause uh, torturous pain, he finds no problem with any execution protocol. So we really don't know how this is going to end up time-wise. It could be that some of the substantive claims do rise to the surface and and eclipse the claim about the lethal injection protocol itself. It could be that these claims of innocence on one person's behalf, uh, the claim of dementia and the Eighth Amendment problem on the second person's behalf, and the claim of racial bias. All of these may actually get some traction with the court.
0: You left
1: out the liberal justices. Do they vote as a block in death penalty cases or not?
2: No, not always. There are many death penalty cases which appeal for a uh, Supreme Court hearing and which are denied the hearing. So they certainly are going along with the decision to execute somebody when they agree to the to the denial of the petition for um, hearing the case. So, no, they're not voting as a block. Perhaps in appellate cases, they seem to. And in particular, in lethal injection cases, they do seem to vote as a block. And that goes back as far as the 2008 case in Bayes v. Rees and the 2012 case in Glossop. And in the 2018 case in Bucklew, on all three of these cases, they did vote as a block. And I think they have problems with a number of issues about lethal injection, one of which is just simply the the lack of attention to the details of the protocols themselves. As I mentioned before, it's beyond just the drug. But I think they also think that there's an element, particularly here, of human experimentation when you're using an untested protocol. It's been tested in some of the states, but here the protocol, the administration and the drug together, have not been tested, and that constitutes human experimentation, which I think is a society we still don't like.
1: Thanks, Professor. That's Professor Jeffrey Fagan of Columbia Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso.
0: This is Bloomberg. The countdown has begun. From May 14th to 16th, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Carter Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg. Join heads of state